Hello, you're welcome to If I Were the Minister for Education from Unshot.net. Christmas Special. Looking back at our schools 2021. As classrooms lucky enough to have CO2 monitors doubled up their usefulness by using them for Rudolph's nose on their Christmas display, I'm going to try an advent calendar's worth of my favourite moments in education in 2021. So let's get ready to turn on those Christmas lights, or perhaps gas lights might be better, and join me in our first song of my cancelled Christmas nativity. Schools are safe, schools are safe, schools are safe indeed. Hello, hello, you are very welcome to this Christmas special of On Shaw's If I Were the Minister for Education. This is Simon Lewis speaking. Ah, Christmas time, mistletoe and masks, children not singing anything uh, thanks to the government's COVID guidelines. So instead, we'll just have to hum along to some classic ditties like Deck the Halls with HEPA filters, Baby It's Cold Inside, well, every classroom actually at the moment, or all I want for Christmas is a negative PCR test. Yes, it is time for my Christmas countdown uh, of 2021, where I look back on the education landscape of this year, when education was in the news, mainly thanks to COVID-19 and the national obsession of whether schools will close or not. Uh, I've got my 25 top moments of 2021, um, and uh, I hope you enjoy listening to them. So without further ado, Let's get uh, to it and let's look behind door number one of my advent calendar. Well, who do we have? It's uh, a man uh, with a white beard. Oh, it's not uh, who you think it is. No, if you cast your mind back to the early part of the school year where there was nearly over 8,000 cases per day of COVID-19 and not a vaccine in sight for anyone under the age of 80. Who was there? Who is behind door number one? It is Dr. Kevin Kelleher. Um, for those of you who might not remember those hazy days of January 2021, when every teacher in the country and every member of school staff in the country uh, was a petrified of getting back into school buildings with the virus raging through buildings and not a single mitigation measure to help us out. And in light of that, um, the HSC and the Department of Education got together to give a webinar. Yes, those webinars, they're always really, really helpful. And the purpose of this webinar was to get all those silly teachers, those hysterical teachers, to calm down because, as we all know, schools are safe. And in that webinar, we had uh, some uh, some very, very interesting people in the, indeed, apart from Dr. Kevin Keller, who we'll get to in a moment. We had um, some um, a person which is very interesting. I don't know if this is relevant to any of you, but to me, the first thing that jumped out at me was one of the sign um, language people that was there in the background. They had two sign, uh, sign language people for some reason. I don't know why they needed two rather than one. But one of them, one of them was a, a lady called Bertha Cohen, who um, who's actually um, uh, was 
was the was someone I knew from childhood. I haven't seen her since I was a child. I used to uh, play um, in in her uh, in her son's house. Uh, her her son and I were uh, friendly, and um, yeah, it was a bit of a weird uh, thing to see um, someone who probably babysat me uh, giving sign language uh, to a webinar. But um, the other stars of the show, of course, uh, Deirdre Shanley uh, from the Department of Education, um, and we had uh, Dr. Abigail Collins, who is very familiar to all of us. Um, uh, as, as teachers with her constant uh, webinars or uh, little tidbits about how why schools are safe why you know because that was the mantra that she said from the data that she was using which generally came from July um, of most years that was the data they most relied on that schools were safe mainly in July and August um, I wonder why they were safe at those times. But anyway, uh, the real star of the show to me was Kevin Kelleher, Dr. Kevin Kelleher, who, I mean, really, to me, was like, I don't know, this lovely um, man who really wanted teachers to know what he thought of them. And, you know, here's a nice little clip. Just a, a final word for myself. I have not been as proud as I've been about what's happened with the education system in the last year, since last September, and hopefully this term as well, in the whole of my medical career, which is close to 41 years. Ah, yeah, it was like, I don't know, it reminded me of, you know, someone, you know, a bit like Leslie Nielsen in Naked Gun Two and a Half, you know, where he was standing in front of a burning building and saying, you know, everything's fine, everything's fine now. Go off, boys, and you do us proud. Uh, something like, you know, off you go to the front line and take a hit for the team. But in that nice, gentle, comical kind of voice. It's it's been an immense, immense effort to make sure our children are benefiting in these very, very difficult times. And I think we should, you should be extremely proud of what you've done. It is amazing. And I really do, I'm very, very grateful for what you've done because I think it has been one of the biggest uh, inputs during this period that has not been recognised as a consequence. Unfortunately for Dr. Kevin and the, the rest of the gang, their battle cries didn't succeed um, and those hysterical teachers uh, did not um, believe a word they were saying uh, thanks to their outdated data and their I suppose unbelievable attempts to reassure uh, adults who they were telling not to leave their houses at the time to be going into classrooms with 30 other uh, people. Uh, thankfully anyway sense prevailed and uh, the school buildings did close down for a couple of months uh, to which later uh, a few months later Micheál Martin the Taoiseach said it was probably a bad idea to try and open schools uh, in the middle of January thanks to the fact that we had no vaccine at the time. Of course the um, they forgot to turn off the comments on YouTube at the time where they were streaming. And uh, I think somebody recorded some of the responses there. And I think uh, nobody could have been in any doubt about how scared teachers were uh, and other school staff to go into uh, classrooms while the virus was raging uh, with no vaccine, no mitigation measures. And I think, to be absolutely serious for a second, we probably did save a number of lives. Let's look behind door number two now. Ooh, gosh, there's a lot in here. There's, there must be a million cars uh, behind that door. Um, my goodness, um, why would that be? Well, the reason for those a million cars is because, of course, 
uh, schools are safe. Um, it, it, and but there there needed to be a new explanation for why school buildings weren't going to open in January. And thankfully, the ministers out there and the Taoiseach found the reason for it and the the public health as well. It wasn't actually that the schools were were not safe at all with the 8,000 cases a day and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> not at all. Do you know what it was? It was those million people travelling to and from the schools that were the problem, not the uh, not the schools themselves. Once the children entered the school building, they were perfectly safe. It was those million people travelling up and down the country. I th- I think, to be honest, that was the first, maybe the first bit of gaslighting of, uh, this, of, of 2021 uh, from the Department of Education. And really interestingly to me, I suppose, was how people just believed it uh, without, you know, even questioning it. You actually heard representative bodies then kind of saying, you know, it was a million people who were travelling to and from the schools that uh, were, were the danger and it was the right decision because of the million people who were travelling to and from the buildings and aping it as if it was true. I mean, it was clearly made up by some spin doctor uh, from one of those agencies they used. I mean, it, it just was a bizarre thing for people to believe. But as we know, people don't question things very often. So... Uh, There we are. That's the million people are my second favourite moment of 2021. Door number three. Oh, look, it's a little dog. It's oh, it's a little puppy. Why, why, why? Oh, yeah, yeah. Because I remember the other mantra in January, which was, uh, you know, that schools are safe. It was. Those teachers, do you know what they should do? They should go on the pup. That's where they should go. The lot of them, if they're not going into the schools, they should be on the pup, the lazy good-for-nothings with their six months holidays and all the rest of it and their half days of work. On the pup with them. Um, yeah, that became uh, the, the second mantra of January where um, a lot of people who um, somehow didn't realise that their children were being taught uh, remotely, much like they were working from home themselves, a lot of them. But uh, apparently, if you're not in the school building, if you're not in your workplace, you clearly weren't working unless you weren't a teacher, which then, of course, you were uh, working. But um Yes, but never mind that logical thought uh, at all. On the pup with all those lazy, good-for-nothing teachers with their 10 months of holidays and quarter days of work. Sure, when they're having, when they're finished school, sure, I haven't even had my lunch break. I don't know. On the pup with them. Do you think, saying that you're the big boss of the schools and all, that you could give us a no-homework pass? A no-homework pass? Yeah, for all the kids in Ireland. For all the kids in Ireland. (laughs) Well, come on. Oh, come on, please. Okay, just because you were asking, Seamus. Yes, it's door number four. It's the homework pass. Yes, um, Norma Foley, the Minister for Education, and not just Norma Foley, but also the Taoiseach, Micheál Martin, were caught during the pandemic. Now, I believe these didn't actually happen in 2021, but do you know what? Do you know, I, I kind of, it's my podcast and I think it's too funny not to have. Uh, but basically, yeah, uh, the Nor- uh, the Minister for Education and the Taoiseach appeared on children's uh, sort of TV shows or on webinars and things like that. And, oh, I don't know, do you know, look, uh, no homework passes. I mean, they were grand back 10 years ago, maybe 20 years ago when homework was a thing. But, you know, most people these days realise that homework at primary level really isn't something that's, you know, considered, um, you know, beneficial to children and giving a homework pass uh, to children during the pandemic. I mean, had absolutely no effect and in a way was a little bit embarrassing to show how out of touch 
uh, the ministers uh, were um, the minister for Edu- uh, the, the Taoiseach uh, appeared also on the, the same programme from that clip uh, where he didn't thankfully uh, give a homework pass he actually did a very nice interview to be honest about his political life it was actually quite a good interview but he did uh, show up on uh, some uh, uh, kind of virtual camp um, where he you know he was uh, he offered a, a f- no homework for all the boys and girls in Ireland because that's what they wanted they didn't really want you know mitigation measures in the classroom they didn't want you know they didn't want that that kind of stuff no no what they wanted was no homework for a day let's look behind door number four to possibly more serious uh, options it is the prime time uh, set uh, back we go to january um before schools were due to open and um unfortunately we had, as self-admittedly, was not one of his finest moments, uh, which was the INTO General Secretary John Boyle's appearance on said prime time, where unfortunately he uh, fluffed his lines, um, for for want of a better word, assuring that schools uh, would reopen as normal, um, and uh, seemed very friendly and a bit too cheerful about the prospect of sending forty-two thousand of his members into classrooms, uh, where the pandemic was or the virus was raging um it led to a uh, i suppose what i called at the time a soprano style intervention uh when uh, almost 18,000 to 20,000 i think maybe 30,000 of his members emailed their cec reps to say stop just stop this is absolutely crazy uh it led to some cec members um holding emergency uh, meetings uh with the uh with the um the the leadership and uh and and effectively um i suppose what led to that webinar that failed webinar on behind uh, door 1 um and uh, finally um school buildings and sensibility uh, school buildings uh, closing and sensibility uh mildly restored though obviously not for very long What's this behind door number five? It, it looks like a bag of money. Is, is that a pandemic bonus? Yes, it's back to the time when the government decided that they should finally say a thank you monetarily uh, to uh, our wonderful frontline workers in hospitals who basically kept many, many people alive. And uh, as part of uh, this, uh, they were going to receive a pandemic bonus, a small token gesture to say thank you uh, for all the work they they had done particularly in the early part of the pandemic in 2020 when they were going in risking their lives uh, and, and very definitely uh, risking their lives when they were going in because nobody knew what the virus was and how dangerous it was to us um but then um what happened was the INTO uh, put out a statement saying that they should be part of the conversation when it comes to uh, pandemic bonuses because teachers also were sent out into the trenches during the uh, pandemic and they should be part of that conversation. And the reaction from teachers, thankfully, and I'm I'm not surprised because to be fair, teachers are decent people. They said, "Uh, uh, whoa, 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 hold on a second. We are not asking for any pandemic bonus. Sorry, we are not in the same league as our frontline health workers who went out to to, uh, to, um, basically 
to uh, risk their lives. We we were we were lucky enough, and we were uh, although we worked very hard uh, by, at learning new skills, such as uh, you know learning how to do remote teaching and so on, and very very quickly, we certainly were not putting our lives on the line at that point. And the pandemic bonus should not be paid to teachers. To which the um, the INCO then quickly said, "Oh no no no, we we never said that. We 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 never said that. We just said we should be part of of conversations around it, and of obviously in these." conversations we would say we we don't want to be paid the pandemic bonus see yeah hmm that yeah we we didn't want any money at all ha 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 let's move on let's let's talk about something else come on quick quick move on move on move on and move on we will to door number seven it's the general secretary on the platform there. Yes, um, here we are at the INTO Congress. Now, just to give you a bit of context, uh, basically, um, about a week before the INTO Congress in 2021, um, there was a vac- uh, the vaccination rollout um, was changed in terms of priorities. Uh, part of uh, teachers are agreeing and part of our union agreeing for teachers to go back uh, to face-to-face learning in March was that they would be prioritised in the vaccine rollout uh, so that uh, teachers would be prioritised for uh, the vaccination to keep them safe and therefore, um, you know, able to stay in school. Uh, but a week before the Congress, um, the rules changed and the rules changed uh, from prioritising uh, workers, essential workers like um, teachers, uh, supermarket workers, guardee, prison officers, all those kinds of people uh, to a completely age based reason. And um, Effectively, it wasn't done for scientific reasons. It was done because a number of scandals happened to uh, start showing up. Uh, people who shouldn't have been getting the vaccine, let's say, because everybody wanted a vaccine back in those days. Do you remember those days in, you know, in early 2020 when people were desperate to get a vaccine rather than, you know, I'm recording this around, obviously, as Christmas time 2021, where people are going, what's the point of getting these booster vaccinations, you know, because they don't do anything. Well, do you know what? If it was April, they, you were you were queuing up and you were you would kill your own granny, as people accused teachers of doing at the time to get this vaccination. Um, But um, anyway, at the time, uh, they changed it because uh, people were getting the vaccination that maybe shouldn't have been getting the vaccination. Famous examples included uh, a particular private hospital that uh, just happened to have some spare vaccines for the the, the CEO's uh, children's school uh, and to teach some of the teachers in that school managed to get their vaccine somehow, uh, but uh, which was obviously apologised for later. And obviously the other, uh, I suppose scandal is probably not the right word, but the other people were uh, anyone who worked for the HSC, anyone at all, including those accountants working from home they were the 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 martyrs in this one or the scapegoats uh, in this battle uh, there were a lot of accountants uh, who worked for the HSE from the comfort of their own homes getting the vaccine as well even though they didn't see anybody as well so um in that heated uh, in this heated moment where uh, rather than following the science as as one possibly should uh, the, the department of education uh, sorry the the public health decided uh, do you know what we're just going to go age based because it's easier and we'll avoid all these scandals And didn't we all go mad as teachers because the promise that we had that we would be prioritised for vaccination was broken and it wasn't for scientific reasons. So we had uh, emergency motions went into Congress and we had our uh, General Secretary John Ball shouting from the platform that teachers will march on the streets if that wasn't reversed. Uh, To which uh, Norma Foley, the minister who was invited at the time, um, she uh, went onto the platform to say, look, 
and I'm uh, paraphrasing here uh, because I know Norma Foley would never speak the way I'm about to. She was going, look, oh, I'm sorry, guys. I know, I know you're disappointed. You know, I know you were, you know, we made this promise to you, you know, that you'd be vaccinated first. But, you know, science, yeah, science wins. And, you know, there's nothing we can really do about it. I know you're disappointed, you know, lads, but science and um, of course, as we all know, um, the threats to march on the street uh, for um, you know, if, if the decision wasn't reversed was a completely empty promise. Because as we know, uh, the INTO uh, very um, uh, encouragingly uh, asked us to vote in favour of the PSSS t- PSSA 2 uh, pay deal, which uh, it, what part of that contract was is it, it, it basically didn't let uh, teaching staff uh, to protest anything or to take any sort of industrial action over any changes to public health advice uh, around COVID-19. So therefore, even if we wanted to have protested or had any form of industrial action, it would have been against the law and we would have lost our pay deal. And John Boyle knew that, the INTO knew this before they went up into the platform. So yet again, uh, from an angry platform, like they did with the lower paid teachers, where they fire and brimstone was unleashed upon everyone, it really meant nothing because there was never going to be any action in the in the end, really. In the end, um, basically, they pretended that they did do something um, because uh, effectively, by the time it was the end of the school year, almost everybody in the country was able to be vaccinated. And they kind of they sort of said without saying anything. They're very good at saying stuff without saying anything. Well, sure, look, you're all vaccinated now anyway, um, more or less. Sure, you're grand. Ah, behind door number eight. Gosh, that's a very angry looking picture. Gosh, it looks like a lot of advocacy groups. Yes, back. Gosh, let's go back again to around January of 2021 when school buildings did, in fact, uh, close their doors sensibly because of this, you know, minor thing uh, called the uh, COVID-19 virus, which was uh, at over five, six, seven, eight thousand cases a day. Well, the advocacy groups, the As I Am's and the Down Syndrome Ireland's and the Inclusion Ireland's of the world, they were hopping mad because school buildings didn't open for children with additional needs because they were the children that missed out on on the most uh, during the pandemic and and in fairness they were right they were the group of uh, children that did uh, miss out the most during the pandemic because they were uh, most of them were unable to many of them I suppose were unable to access education via um, via the various uh, online platforms Um, but um, as I mean, there were other groups uh, such as uh, other vulnerable uh, people, people in poverty and so on, who might not have access to uh, digital media and all that. But anyway, these advocacy groups are the ones that I'm focusing on because they were so cross. They were so cross that they were calling teachers all sorts of horrible names, saying that they were that the teachers themselves were basically uh, deliberately trying to make life harder for children with additional needs. And they riled parents so much so that if you were on tw- uh, social media at the time, it was possibly as toxic as one can get and not only did they rile that sure even Norma Foley herself joined in saying uh, infamously with Aegon O'Reardon you have quite correctly said and you have made the assertion that I have attempted to encourage people to pick sides and that I have picked sides I make I make no apology I pick the side I will continue to pick the side of children with additional needs they are my first 
Of course, we know now uh, what Norma Foley meant when she said being on the side of children with special needs was to not allocate any extra resources. In fact, during the pandemic, the only services that were cut uh, by the NCSE were uh, those for children with additional needs. However, um, that aside, um, <laughs> she also uh, pulled the banked hours which uh, would have made up for the hours lost uh, for resource teaching as it was known or uh, set uh, teaching hours and um, so a lot of uh, picking if that's who she's picking the side of well I suppose as teachers we know uh, when we were on the other side of it not giving us anything either so in a way it was a bit of a draw uh, we got uh, very little from Norma Foley but really what the stars of this particular show are those angry advocacy groups who had riled the minister up so much to make that statement but they quietened down when it turned out that these uh, advocacy groups that were actually planning on suing uh, schools uh, and suing the Department of Education they quietened down when it turned out that all of these services um, were not providing face-to-face -face therapies themselves in fact they had cancelled all of their appointments for therapies face-to-face uh, -face therapies for children with additional needs and were also working from home uh, in the comfort of their own home uh, with uh, sometimes via video link uh, doing their assessments and doing their therapies and so on so um well what's good for the goose i guess Ah yes, it's um, door number nine now here, which is an easel, um, Norma's easel as it became affectionately known as to teachers around the country. Uh, Norma's uh, easel uh, was uh, probably sort of a harebrained idea from some civil servant, I'm sure, who was thinking, geez, how can we do something now that the kids can get involved now in the pandemic and uh, so on. But um, it, it's probably only the second worst idea uh, of the pandemic apart from um, <laughs> that. Remember that flags for frontline workers at the uh, education partners decided to do one night and nobody took part and was very you know gently um you know retired well norma's easel is my for me the second uh kind of funniest one of those and um it was basically uh, the minister for education decided that in her office she'd as there'd be an easel and every day people uh, children who sent in pictures generally of her uh, saying how great she is um <laughs> will be put up on said easel and would decorate her room and brighten it up during these dark times and so on um i imagine that was all that this this uh, idea was quietly retired um as well i imagine because uh, adults got involved and started sending in uh, let's say i would imagine um less um, um i suppose friendly uh, drawings of norma foley um and uh, potentially what she was doing in her position or or the lack of what she was doing uh, in terms of education uh, in schools um so i'm afraid norma's easel um, gets uh, behind that door uh, even though it didn't last very long. Ah, door number 10 is, is kind of an interesting picture. It's it's a picture of someone in a suit, a power suit. Wow, oh, but they're, they're holding up a sign. Um, it, they look like they're they're homeless. Ah, oh, okay, okay. Ah, oh, I see, it's it's our inspectors. Yeah, unfortunately, the poor inspectors um, of from the Department of Education, thanks to the pandemic, had absolutely nothing to do um, for, for a lot of the time. And, you know, all the attempts in 2020 to get them to do something like research, 
you know, uh, they, they, they rang a, a few people and, and came and basically tried to get uh, schools to tell them how uh, the good things that they were doing, then put them into a report. Uh, and the report was there uh, to basically showcase how terrible everybody else was. And what uh, because one or two people had gone away above what they should have been doing. And uh, what else did they do? Because that they, when they were finished those reports, oh, do you know what? We, they were redeployed onto the contact tracing line um, to advise schools. Now, they... They had absolutely no training uh, really for this or certainly they don't have any uh, qualifications in contact tracing. And I suppose they were doing that for a while. And then uh, as 2021 came in, they thought, oh, do you know what, we, we, we better get them into the schools in some way. But then it was too unsafe for anyone apart from uh, teachers and, and 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 regular school staff to be in those buildings. Because, what, do you know, that, that there's a virus in there. You know, there's a virus. Uh, you wouldn't be sending poor inspectors in there. You know, they're, they're not safe from that virus. Uh, the, the whole uh, teacher immunity didn't affect them since they gave up their teaching council number. But what they did was they put them on this advice line uh, for COVID-19 and um, given that they had as much idea of how to deal with the virus in schools as we did uh, it had some comical results my favourite was this story a principal told me that when she rang her inspector because uh, part of the advice was obviously as you know from my introduction to this there's no singing allowed in schools um, at all because of the, the particles that would escape from your mouth and infect everybody it's it's more risky which is why choirs uh, weren't allowed to do their performances uh, and things like that well, uh, come kind of uh, 2021, uh, when people were starting to forget that the virus, were starting to ease off, let's say, in their fear of this uh, virus, a lot of uh, a lot of these teachers, you know, felt, oh, be gosh, you know, I do miss the owl singing. Gosh, isn't it quiet enough? And we, isn't it lovely to have an owl song? So she rang her um, inspector to say, do you know what? I do miss the owl singing. The owl, the, the, the bigara. It's 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 it is, it is horrible not to be hearing the young young voices doing the singing. What should we do? Can we sing now at all? at all in our classrooms to which the inspector's advice was that they certainly could be singing but for no more than 15 minutes indoors and if they are outdoors they can be doing the singing for longer if they do be wishing to do so now uh, clearly um uh, for those of you in the know uh, that is absolutely appalling advice um and uh, was completely incorrect but i imagine summed up a lot of the inconsistencies that we were hearing in fact uh, if you were looking at any of the uh, principal uh, groups that are out there that have helplines and uh, sort of email lists and things like that the amount of contradictory advice that was coming from inspectors was unbelievable and people just ended up kind of almost faking it till they made it um you know even to the point of graduations remember graduations gosh yeah graduations um they weren't we weren't supposed to do those but some schools got permission from their inspectors uh, to run graduations despite them being illegal at the time so um yes um inspectors going on to helplines didn't work so again they realized okay gosh no actually that could backfire so then they decided to let them go back into school to do their incidental visits um in in health and safety which again they're not qualified for so they were going into schools advising them on their covid uh protocols which again had exactly the same results uh, so again they had nothing to do at the start of this year so they decided oh i know what we'll do let's bring in some like to revise our anti-bullying initiatives and get uh, uh, inspectors in to look at anti-bullying policy it was like they were trying to find something for them to do um, well anything except actually what we needed which was basically we needed uh, substitutes uh, to teach in our classrooms because as you know there was a massive sub-crisis uh, we'll talk about that in a bit but uh, the inspectors uh, themselves were never asked uh, to go back to the classroom to help with the substitute crisis although it would have been fairly helpful
Let's look behind door number 11. Oh, oh there's nothing there. When I, when I made this in September, it, it was definitely there. That's, oh, it was removed at the end of September, apparently. Yes, yeah, that's, it was contact tracing, actually, in schools. Yeah, that's what was behind uh, door number 11 there. Yeah, as we all know, uh, contact tracing was removed from schools at the end of September by public health. Um, just in time for uh, cases to be rising in schools um, you know and, and the obvious response the logical response to the rising cases that were happening in schools uh, where was to actually remove contact tracing because uh, in that way it meant that uh, children um, who may have the virus um, and might be close contacts but probably because their children had uh, were probably asymptomatic uh, was to remove contact tracing so the children uh, wouldn't be unnecessarily kept at home because around September there were about 16,000 children isolating from the coronavirus and you know the people who don't want to have their children at home at all were getting very cross uh, because their children were being sent home because of this inconvenience of a, of a virus that was probably infecting their children but they didn't want to know about it so public health decided you know what we'll do is we'll say sure there's schools are safe after all sure there's no point in contact tracing and generally, if they're not showing any symptoms, they don't have the virus, really. It's very unlikely uh, they have the virus. And anyway, do you know what? Let's just make something else up. They aren't transmitting it if they're asymptomatic. So they just totally removed contact tracing, which was um, a very interesting uh, policy indeed. Um, anyway, uh, public health uh, decided to do that. And what was the consequence of it? Well... The INTO, our union, went crazy and they demanded a meeting. They thumped the table, kind of like this. Oh, that's a big thump, isn't it? And anyway, they thumped the table and they demanded a meeting, which they got the next day. And then the next day they came out with a statement saying, it is our policy to always follow public health advice. Yeah, so effectively then they stopped. Um, and then as a natural consequence, cases went mad in schools and there were thousands and thousands of children uh, all over the country um, getting the virus um, and contracting it. And basically um, by around the end of October and mid-November mid through to December, the highest cases of COVID-19 in the country happened to be in primary school aged children where contact tracing wasn't happening. So the figures that were actually down to those, uh, to those were, were probably even higher than, than in, in reality because asymptomatic children were probably not getting tested. So God knows how many children were infected with COVID-19 thanks to the policy of not tracking it. Um, it's uh, probably one of the times where if anybody uh, kind of thought the public health were infallible, um, this was, uh, I suppose, the final straw maybe for a lot of people who thought public health um, didn't make any mistakes. This is definitely one of the biggest mistakes that public health made. Um, and uh, unfortunately, they at the end of 2021, they barely, um, it's it's not back really. I mean, they've, they've put in, you know, belatedly put in antigen tests. Uh, I actually didn't include antigen tests in my advent calendar because effectively it isn't even worth mentioning. They, they're kind of, if you have a case in your class, um, you can um, basically uh, ask parents to, uh, order some antigen tests off the off the government but it was just such a small gesture that it didn't even deserve a place in my advent calendar so today's um little advent calendar entry is the disappearing contact tracing
Asher will do one more for the road uh, but to end part one of my advent calendar. I'm going on for over half an hour. And who is behind door 12? Well, it looks like a man. And he seems to be a, he seems to be donned in civvies. Um, yes, it's TD Cahill Crow, who in response to the uh, sub-crisis that apparently didn't exist, um, <laughs> that he decided that he would don his civvies, that's his own quote, and uh, get into the classroom for a day of subbing to help out, to get onto the front line and visit the schools. Now, the thing about Cahill Crow, he was explaining his day and it was interesting how he managed to not only teach one class while he was subbing, he managed to teach several classes while wasn't he doing playing games and doing Ashter with the junior infants and he was having a, a fake sort of um, doll session talking about politics to the older children. He was a superstar. Who, do you know what? He was a man of the people. He donned those civvies and we're forever grateful to uh, TD Cahill Crow, who uh, effectively ended up being ridiculed for his actions. Uh, he didn't um, he didn't sub at all. He had a visit to the school and he walked around the school because he didn't even get paid for his day of subbing. He didn't cover anybody. He was just walking around the school having a bit of fun. And uh, I think it was a PR stunt that I guess didn't go as planned. But um, I suppose the quote that he donned to civvies was the thing that um, I guess lodged in my brain. Um, it was it was quite funny to be honest. Well, we're halfway through our uh, advent calendar. It seems like a good place to stop for a few days. So I'm going to wish you all a very happy Christmas, and uh, I hope. You have um, a nice time, whatever you do. Um, and uh, I'll be back in a few days uh, with the second half of this podcast. Um, if you're a subscriber to this podcast, uh, you'll actually get both parts on the same day. Um, if um, So please feel free to subscribe to get the second half of this podcast. If you've enjoyed it, of course, uh, please subscribe. As I said, yeah, that, that, that will be your Christmas present for me, the second half immediately. Um, and if you really liked it, maybe send me a nice positive review on any of your podcasting platforms as it helps other Irish teachers to find the podcast. Listen, thank you so much uh, for listening. I hope it was a bit of fun for you, some serious stuff in there I suppose too um, and um, I hope I haven't broken any copyright uh, by taking clips of uh, the different things if I have gosh I'm really sorry uh, please forgive me it's only a bit of a, a laugh I make nothing out of this podcast so please don't come down on me like a ton of bricks anyway happy Christmas to everybody thanks for listening we'll catch you again in a few days happy Christmas bye bye